You're listening to the Harvest Christian Fellowship Weekend Message Podcast. To learn more about our community, like what we believe and how you can take a next step, visit us online at hcfcornwall.ca or join us for one of our services this weekend, Sunday mornings at 9.15 or 11 here at 847 York Street. Good morning. Oh, man, you guys are alive. It's great. What a privilege to worship with you this morning online to have you with us today. Wow, that was fun. I think today's just already off to a great start, and I think God's just wanting to do some amazing uh, things. Christine was alluding to um, my, my head's in this well today, the well of healing, um, but just a miraculous um, somebody that had contacted me. They had no contact uh, with a family member that they were praying for, and this person was online watching, a father, and uh, I got a text on Monday morning saying uh, after he, he had sent a letter to try to get to the table and do some reconciliation, there had been no response for six months, and uh, Sunday, on Sunday, uh, that son texted his dad and said, I want to meet with you. Uh, what are the chances? Just saying. Prayer is powerful. Let's not underestimate. We're not doing the well of prayer. We probably should, but the Bible says to ask and God, uh, God answers. So I just love, love those responses and answers from God that says, just keep asking. I'm here to answer all your requests. I want to give a shout out this morning. Uh, what, a, what a great servant's um, culture that we have here at Harvest. A number of people gathered with Graham uh, yesterday and did some uh, housekeeping with our grounds. It looks spectacular. Thank you to everybody that came. And we've got men gathering downstairs doing renos. People are just busy all over the place. Thank you uh, for just helping us build such a culture of serving here at Harvest Christian Fellowship. One question, did Mia bring donuts? Oh yeah, good. All right, good. Mia served with the donuts. The well of healing, one of my favorite, and uh, I can't wait to get into this. Let's look at Genesis chapter 26, just to kind of set up this morning um, the premise of what I want to share with you, the analogy of spiritual wells, not natural wells, but spiritual wells. And uh, if you weren't here last week, I would encourage you to get that. And uh, one builds kind of a little bit on the other. Isaac planted crops in the land, and then that same year he reaped a hundredfold which is miraculous because this was uh, years of famine, the scriptures tell us earlier on. And uh, to put seed in the ground takes a lot of obedience and a lot of faith. And that ground didn't look like it was going to produce. But God's word, the seed, uh, spiritual seed that goes into the ground, God honors that. The Lord blessed him. God blesses obedience. We don't earn it, but it opens our life up. Obedience to God opens our life up. I say it this way, that it's always raining blessing from heaven, but do you have your umbrella up? <laughs> you want to take it down to receive. And there's some things that block, block us from receiving God's blessings, and uh, the Holy Spirit's good to show us that so we can receive. Say receive. Well, Isaac was receiving. God was honoring his obedience. The man became rich, and his wealth continued to grow until he became very wealthy. We're going to talk a little bit about that next week, and it's God's will to prosper you, as Christina said, not so your pockets are heavier, but so you have capacity to bless others and do kingdom work. He had so many flocks, so many, and herds, and servants that the Philistines envied him. 
or the enemy was really angry. I shared with you uh, last week that the uh, enemy cannot touch your blessing. God blesses you with something, the enemy cannot touch that. But what he can do is he works strategies. The Bible says don't, don't underestimate the wiles of the devil, how crafty he can be. And we're going to see as we read this next section that he went after the wells of water. If you have, let's say, 10,000 uh, sheep in your flock, because uh, he was very prosperous, you have to have water for those flocks. He had many wells. And if you give up on one of your wells and go, well, we got nine more, and we'll just allow that well not to be functional anymore, we'll go use the other nine. What the enemy knew they were doing was reducing Isaac's capacity for more blessing. God's going, I want to bless you more. I want to expand you more. I want to take you into another realm. But you've got to maintain that through the spiritual waters of the moving of the Holy Spirit, the provision of God, because after all, this isn't about you and I sustaining this. It's God sustaining his blessing in and through us. And so the enemy went after his wells, started kicking some dirt in there. Isaac reopened the wells that had been dug in the time of his father Abraham, which the Philistines had stopped up, the enemy. He gave them the same names his father gave them, I don't have time this morning, but it's important that we understand today that we're building on the shoulders of others who have gone before us. We are a multi-generational church. Our generations are equally distributed. Uh, some people, actually they're not. Uh, we, are, we have more 40 plus than we have 40 below. And uh, I'm believing that God in these days will begin uh, having come to harvest uh, the, the teenagers and the 20-somethings and the 30-somethings as they launch out in their lives that they would know the truth of God's words. And everybody said, amen. That doesn't mean we want anybody else to go anywhere. Uh, but our fathers, those that have gone before us, we honor them. Our fathers and mothers in this house, we honor them because they've helped us. I'm talking about healing today. And, and Dick and Margo Delacio are very, very instrumental at keeping the well of healing open in this house and believing God uh, for physical healing in our bodies. And we're thankful to them. Why don't you go ahead and give a hand to our mothers and fathers who named wells here at Harvest. He moved on from there and dug another well. Now the Lord has given us room. And so we keep digging wells. We don't have them all done yet. Harvest has more destiny to fill. 19 years uh, in March. And uh, we've dug some wells. And I am so pleased. And, and I believe that God uh, has done such a great work. But we're not stopping. We want to continue. We want to move forward. We want to expand. So we're going to start by undigging some wells as well as, as, well as digging some new ones. Why? With joy, you will draw water from the wells, plural, of salvation. Jesus has provided so very, very much on the cross, and I don't think we access enough of what he's already paid for, and that's why I want to talk to you today about the well uh, of healing. I grew up um, in an atmosphere that believed for healing. If you were sick, you got, you got prayer. As a kid, if I said I didn't feel well, you got prayer. Whether it was at church, whether it was at home, and I've continued to live my life personally and as pastoring uh, this church, we say, as for me in this house, we're praying for the sick and we're believing for healing. We're believing God for the well of healing today. Why? I am the Lord who heals you. His name is Jehovah 
Rapha, the God who heals. It's his name. It's not something that he does. It's something that he is. Father, I thank you today that your name is Jehovah Rapha. Lord, help me do justice today to this important topic. Help us believe again, Lord, if we have those in our families that are sick today, we'll stand believing for their healing. I have a receipt. It already is paid for. I have a receipt in my hand that says, this is paid for by your stripes. I am already healed. It's been paid for. I'm cashing in my healing today in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Come on. This is going to be easy. I can sense faith in the room. And, uh, and God is so good. Well, one of the first healings that I saw as a kid was my dad had come home uh, from work, and he was quite disturbed because one side of his face, he had lost um, control of it. He couldn't drink or eat the food, and the water would fall out of his mouth, and he'd gone to the doctors not knowing what it was, and some of you would already know, just from what I'm describing, that he had Bell's palsy, and the doctor did say that Bell's palsy most often is not permanent. Uh, it's very rare that it would be permanent. However, it can take two weeks to six months from the onset of the symptoms of Bell palsy to recover and to get your full facial strength and expression back. My dad was sitting in his seat at the kitchen table uh, the next day as uh, he'd come back from the doctor and, and uh, we kind of shared with us kids. I, was, uh, I, I, th I believe I was about eight or nine at the time and uh, shared with what's going on because it was really weird. And, and because my parents were upset, you know, as kids were unsettled a little bit, what's, what's going on? And so he was at his seat at the table, uh, which only he could sit in. And uh, anybody else have a seat at your kitchen table? Anybody else? Yeah, okay. And uh, that's, just, that's just life. And so we got up and surrounded him and my sister, uh, myself, and, and my mom, and we laid hands on my dad, and we prayed for his healing and the next morning he got up and he was completely healed of any paralysis in his face. And that imprints an eight or nine-year-old little boy. And so all, I mean, since I was a kid, you can't tell me that God doesn't heal today. I won't believe such lies. I've, I've, seen, I've seen God heal and we've made it a practice here at this church and my family. We pray for the sick and we don't just do it to go through the motions. Okay, we're obedient. We pray for the sick. We pray expecting that God is going to heal. Somebody say God heals. The prayer offered in faith will heal the sick and the Lord will make you well. We are not the healers. We're simply, as Chris, uh, my wife Christina said today, uh, I'm just the messenger today. Uh, it's as if God, as I talked about, the receipt of heaven, Jesus wrote a check by, your, uh, by my stripes, you are healed. And then we deliver that check that might be made out to somebody in this room today. I can't sign that check. I don't have authority to sign that check. I can't do that for you. But what I can do is take the check that Jesus already signed on the cross, and I can deliver it to you and say, Jesus said it's your day for healing. Today's a good day for a miracle, somebody. Come on. He's already signed the check, and when we pray for the sick, we are simply delivering the check that says, paid in full, I have healed you. All right. So I want to look at just for a moment, I'm just setting up the stage that there's water in the ground. I'll do that with each of them, that there is water in the ground called healing, physical healing today. Um, this is not a series on healing. I've done those. Um, I've done one a number of years past now, and I think it went for about eight weeks. This is a huge topic. 
There's lots to talk about. I'm doing uh, one week on the well, just clearing out what we already believe in as a church. Um, and so if you want to know more about healing, uh, certainly ask somebody in a green shirt, shirt. Probably their response will be, let's pray and believe for your healing. Uh, but definitely there are, there's lots of material that we're just not covering today for the purpose of this message. Acts chapter 10, Peter is preaching and he's summarizing in his sermon uh, what Jesus did in the Gospels. So this is like a, a few paragraph summary of what Jesus did in three and a half years. And it says this, God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. That's not two different things, that's one thing, Holy Spirit and power. And how he went around doing good and healing all. <laughs> every single person that Jesus went to, every single person that came to Jesus for healing got healing. No exceptions in the scriptures. You will not find anywhere in the Bible where somebody came to Jesus or Jesus went to somebody that didn't get healed. Just saying. All uh, uh, he went doing good, healing all who were under the power of the devil. God is not the author of sickness. Sickness entered the world when man turned his back on God. Satan now had the ownership. Uh, man had the ownership of a planet Earth. He relinquished it, gave it to Satan for a lie uh, that there was another way to approach God. Just try to be good, the knowledge of good and evil. You just do enough good things. You can still get everything from God as opposed to the tree of life where we stay in relationship. It is eternal life in us. Satan said, you can trade all that and come my way. And Adam and Eve believed it and humanity sold themselves out and sin entered the world under the power of the devil, because God was with him. Let me read it again. Let me break it up a little bit. God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. We need to remember, and this is kind of mind-blowing, what I'm going to share, and it's hard to understand, but it's one of those mysteries of the Bible and it's why we, what we accept in faith, because the scriptures teach it, that Jesus was a human being, but he was also all God. God took the form of humanity to walk with us, to live with us, to demonstrate what God with skin on looks like. And he gave a, a revelation of, of what I'm like. This is what I'm like. This is who I am. But when Jesus was born in the manger, the scriptures teach us in Philippians that he relinquished the use, his independent use, his I can do this whenever I want to use of his divinity. So healing, everything that's Godness. He said, Father, will you hold this for me until I return? And he walked as a human being, except for sin. He was perfect. But he had the same limitations that we have as human beings. Jesus was not Superman. He, he couldn't he couldn't stop trains. He couldn't fly. He, 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 was, he was limited to his human body. And the reason he was limited to his human body was to demonstrate to Christ followers that would follow him after the cross event and be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit that we can walk through life exactly as he did, depending on the Father in relationship. And whatever we see the Father do, we can do. Whatever we hear the Father say, that we can do that. And so notice it doesn't say, Jesus, the Son of God, did miracles. 
doesn't say that. It says Jesus of Nazareth, specifically to, to as, as Peter's writing this, to highlight and underline Jesus the human. I mean, it's one thing. Sure, it would be awesome if God, God with us, Emmanuel, is walking and as God doing miracles. Then we would just stand back and go, God, keep doing miracles. But what we need to see is God saying, but I want to anoint you to do the same as what Jesus did because it's not limited now to one man. It's the body of Christ, his hands, his feet, his body, the local church operating in power on the earth, still healing the sick. Somebody say, amen. I hope you understand this. So, Roy anointed with, Mia and Ted anointed with the Holy Spirit and power, going about doing good, healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. Jesus said this, in case you're wondering, well, really, we're supposed to do that? Uh, uh-huh, it's called the Great Commission. And many people can quote the Great Commission and say, I'm supposed to tell my neighbor about Jesus, or I'm supposed to tell my coworker about Jesus, and even up, up the game a little bit, bring them to the house of God and have them experience his power and presence. And that's amazing. And then we'll let Jesus do all the work. Sort of, kind of. He said this, go rather to the lost sheep of Israel. Now he's speaking in a Jewish context. And prior to the cross event, Israel was being allowed Israel was being allowed on their old covenant merit to come to Jesus. But when Jesus died and rose again, it now was opened up to the whole world by the avenue of the new covenant, the cross. And there's this little tiny time frame as Jesus was on the earth for three and a half years. He said, I will prioritize God's people, the Jews. But after that, there is no special people, chosen people called the Jews. Now it's you are, according to First Peter, you are a chosen generation. He was talking about all humanity are chosen by God. Say all humanity. And that's good news. That is good news. So go rather, if we contextualize it for us, go rather to anybody who doesn't know Jesus and proclaim this message. The kingdom of heaven has come near which is to say the king of the universe is on the earth through his church. And there is nothing too hard for Jesus. There's nothing too difficult, nothing impossible. And he wants to forgive and he wants to heal and he wants to extend his kingdom power. So he said, go and tell everybody about that. And then he says this, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons, freely you've received, freely give. Let me summarize it this way. Jesus told his disciples, you and I, this is what you say, this is what you do. This is what you say, but this is what you do. It's quiet in here. <laughs> say do. Come on, he wants us to do the stuff. He wants us to do kingdom stuff. So when God tells us to share God's love, he wants us to demonstrate it and be the messenger that brings the sign check for the lost world of humanity. And God says, I want to do this for, and fill in the blank, your loved one, your coworkers, your family members, your friends, your enemies, everybody. The gospel, and I don't have time to unpack this, for many, many people, because of traditions of, of certain church camps that have had a very loud voice um, specifically in North America, that a person getting saved, so invite Jesus into my heart, 
you need to get saved. And they, 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 you'll see posters and signs kind of from this camp. And they're, I don't even read it. And just the sign looks scary. Just, I see these scary kind of signs. And, you know, Repent. You know, God is sending you to hell and you better get it right right now kind of, kind of a, 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 an approach. And so very, very important um, to them that, that, you know, it's all about somebody uh, turning to Jesus and receiving forgiveness of sin. And, or excuse me, yes, uh, for, for, uh, receiving the forgiveness of sins. And they compartmentalize the wells of salvation. The well of salvation is a one well of salvation. We're separating them for analogy's sake to understand there is so much water to keep all of the blessings going. But if we just limit, and it is limiting, to somebody, I guess I'm going to heaven now, I've got my fire insurance, you have just disconnected them. And the scriptures have never, ever, ever, ever disconnects the wells of salvation. The underground water is one and the same. Forgiveness of sin, healing the sick, it's one and the same. Salvation includes everything we're talking about. If somebody got saved, they have access to all of it. Say all of it. Not just this. And maybe, maybe if you qualify, God might heal you. That's an extra. That's the extra option you didn't order when you bought the car. Really sorry about that. You didn't know? Shucks. Next time you buy the car, get the option. It's not optional. It comes in the package. All right. Quick story to illustrate it. Matthew chapter 9. And uh, Jesus comes across a man who is a primary caregiver. And I'll tell you, I really relate, relate with this story. As... Um, a large portion of my life is just as a primary caregiver to Aaron. And uh, I, I, just, I, just, I just can kind of understand and this man whose son suffers from epileptic seizures. Now, in this case, it's life-threatening because his behaviors, this young man has behaviors that cause him to be a threat to himself and a threat to everybody around him. Like he literally has no understanding of, 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 of what's dangerous and would jump into fire if you let him. And so this dad who's constantly supervising his son, having these epileptic seizures along with uh, just behaviors that are presenting that are just, this poor, this poor young man needs a lot of help. And he went to Jesus' disciples. I mean, he's trying. He's like, I'm just going to try anything. And the disciples are praying and they, they, nothing happens. And, and, um, Sorry, did I jump? I did. Sorry. We're going to that illustration in a minute. Rewind everything I just said. I'm going to tell you that one in a minute. This is a paralyzed man. <laughs> a paralyzed man. Can't walk. He's born paralyzed. Paralyzed. And Jesus says to the paralyzed man who obviously needs healing so he can walk again, he doesn't heal him yet. He says, by the way, your sins are forgiven. And the paralyzed man, uh, yeah, go, awesome. I'm not, I, my, my sins are forgiven? And the Pharisees, only God can forgive sin. This guy's acting like he's God or something. Jesus, knowing their thoughts, says, wait a minute, wait a minute. Let me ask you a question. What's easier to say? Your sins are forgiven or Pick up your mat and follow me. Because they're both the same miracle. So which one's easier for you to say? They were struggling with that God could forgive sin. And 
for the most part, North America, we're like, yes, God can, if somebody, you know, raises their hand, we do it at the end of every service and say, yes, Jesus, come into my life. And we, know, we say, your sins are forgiven. And we say that with such faith and such conviction and we believe it. But Jesus is saying today, what's easier to say? Hey, you got saved or you got healed? And so Jesus said, just so that you know, they're both the same, take up your bed and go home. And the man who had his sins forgiven and had been saved that moment picked up everything and went home, completely healed. One and the same. Say one and the same. Just establishing quickly some, um, some foundation. However, it was our sickness that he himself bore and our pains that he carried. Yet we ourselves assumed that he had been afflicted, struck down by God and humiliated. He was pierced for our offenses. He was crushed for our wrongdoings. The punishment for our well-being was laid on him, and by his wounds we are healed. Let me just say, I'm done this summary. There's water in the ground. Healing water in the ground. Say healing in the ground. All right, there's a well. So we dig a well to access it, a scriptural, to access it, all the scriptural understanding. This is how healing happens. I want to talk to you just in a couple minutes that's left couple of things about what's kicked some dirt in our well at harvest or in our personal lives. And then we're going to, we're just going to talk very practically. Let's get it cleaned out. How about a worldwide pandemic? <laughs> How about a worldwide pandemic? And there's just, we're surrounded by sickness. And just stop for a minute. Subconsciously, we're surrounded by sickness. We're told everybody's going to get it. Everybody's going to get sick. And, and I'm not saying we should deny the existence of sickness. It's real. We live in a world, a fallen world, where sickness exists. I'm just saying that we need to address it and do something about it. And so here we've been two years of just, it's here, it's with us, I'm going to get it. Do you understand what I'm saying? That, that, that could lower the expectation of a God who heals and it's supernatural because we've been coexisting with sickness around the world for two years. That just might kick some dirt into your well of healing as to what God can do. Mark, can you run up here? I just wanna, I just wanna point at something because during that time, we did pray for healing. We did pray for miracles. And one is walking onto the platform right now, Mark Petro. Man, love this guy, his wife Kaylee. So. I'd like you to zero in on the part of the story. So you were, you were COVID dead, uh, not all the way, but almost intubated. And they had said, hey, this is going to be a long haul out. And they pulled the, pulled the tube out and they told you the condition of your lung tissue. I just want you to focus on that part of the story and what the doctor told you about your lung tissue. Yeah, so uh, right before they extubated him, I told my wife that I'm going to have permanent damage to my lungs, my heart. I probably won't be able to run, return to my work. I'm a paramedic. And uh, then they extubated me. I went home. They, oh, sorry, I went to a different hospital, to a different uh, intensive care unit. And they did another scan and they said, oh, well, your lung healed quite well so far. It's kind of odd. But we're still looking at around 12 to 16 weeks in hospital and then rehab and then months of recovery. And then a week went by and they're like, oh, your lung's even better. So we're going to send you home now. And then uh, about a month ago, I had another scan and I saw my cardiologist and my cardiologist looked at me. He's like, your heart's back to normal, like nothing happened. And then they did a, they did a full, like, yes, awesome God, right? 
And uh, they did a full chest workup for me, and uh, they bring me in, the respirologist looks at me, and she's like, well, here's your scan, and then it was completely, like, my lungs were infiltrated. This is two days after you were extubated, and this is now, and your lungs are just completely normal. So it's, and now I'm back to running, doing everything, so it's really, really an awesome God. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that part of your story. There's more of it. We're gonna, we really need to document and get there. Are so many aspects of this healing that God just keeps pointing at and to have doctors say, I would not have believed. I think you shared that part of the story with me last couple weeks ago when we were sitting. He said, if I didn't see the original scan, I would not believe what I'm looking at right now. Yeah, yeah. So even though we've been surrounded in the midst of it, and I point at that, that God's saying, I can do this. And so we want to be careful that we're not sliding into the place that some sickness, I guess, and, you know, whatever, that we allow the enemy to say, I'm going to surround you with sickness. Um, and, and we get used to sickness instead of saying, no, 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 no. We have access to the well. The second one that kicks, uh, kicks dirt in the well. Theologies created to explain why healing doesn't happen. And there's lots of them. And I've heard lots of them, and I've debated lots of them. What do I mean by that? I'll explain it in a second. Jesus and the apostles never spent time explaining why healing didn't happen, because it always happened. And now, we're venturing out learning how to do this. Hey, and, and quite frankly, sometimes we're not good at it. But that doesn't mean that doesn't mean we have to sit down and figure out what's wrong with God or wrong with healing or wrong with us. And there are so many theologies that have been created to bring explanation as to why we don't see everybody healed today. And I would throw out, and my main argument always is, I don't see everybody getting saved today either, but God said it's not his will that any should perish. So I may not understand it, but I'm not going to stop spreading the gospel. I'm not going to stop that because, well, after all, how do you know, how do you know it's going to work this time? Let's leave that up to God. But not only leave it up to God, let's not create theologies as to, oh, I want to feel better about it, so this must be what's going on. And some people, even in the name of wanting to see more healing, will build theologies to help us. Well, the reason you're not getting healed is because of this. Now, let me just share a couple because I want to clean these out today. Yeah. Mark 7, 13. Talking to the Pharisees who used the powerful word of God but added some things. You nullify the word of God by your tradition that you've handed down. And you do many things like that. Stripped God's word of its power and taught it that way. And there's teachings like, well, it's, you know, healing's not for today. Uh, that was in the first century. God was just establishing how great he was, flexing his muscles. But now he doesn't do that anymore. And I could list some others that I don't have. I want to, I want to list the ones I've got. And here's, here's a theology. When I say theology, I'm using it loosely. Bible-believing people who have to figure out why God doesn't heal. We don't really pray for the sick or expect people to get healed because it's not always God's will to heal. It's not always God's will to heal. Big dirt pile in the well. And I hear people go, well, let's just pray, God, if it's your will, heal, so-and-so. Well, that's a faith-filled prayer right there. God, if you want to, you know, if you don't, we understand. We understand, God, you're sovereign. You're God of the universe. We get all that. 
So probably this time, no, right? Right? It's probably no this time. Well, we'll pray anyway. God, just be gracious to our brother, so-and-so who's sick and suffering, and just be good to him. Like that, honestly, that, yeah. And so I already said Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. It is sickness. It is my sins. It is everything. It is always God's will to heal. We approach every sick person every time it is God's will to heal you. I will never back off on that. Why? Because I don't see any theology in the Bible, in the scriptures that indicate that I need to step in with trepidation and fear and go, I don't know if it'll work this time, but God will just leave that in your hands. When God said, I put the check in your hands. I put the check in your hands. I put the check in your hands. It's paid for. Deliver the check and leave the rest up to me. And the minute you try to figure out you've created a reason why it didn't happen. And we're actually focusing on what's not happening instead of what is happening. All right. God uses sickness to discipline us. Yeah, I'm having a rough time right now. and uh, My body's racked with pain, but God's just showing me how rotten I am, and I'm just getting closer to Jesus through it all. Oh, my goodness. Parents, if your children ask you for a loaf of bread, Mommy, you think I could have an ego for breakfast this morning? No. You're getting bark off the tree with no maple syrup. You rotten kid, not getting no egos, getting bark off a tree, maybe rocks. If they ask for a fish, oh, mom, fish and chips tonight for supper? Not for you. You kidding me? They're getting a rattlesnake for supper. So if you sinful people know how to get good gifts, that the, the scripture here is on purpose doing what I just did. It's saying the exact same thing. If you know how to give good gifts to your children, of course if they ask an ego, you give them an ego. Of course if they ask for fish, they get fish. How much more will your heavenly Father, somebody say, how much more? He gives more than you ask for, more than you believe for. We can't even muster up enough belief to get what he has for us, but he says, I want you to try. I'm a good father. Father, give good gifts to those who ask him. God doesn't discipline us with sickness. If we have sickness as he walked through us, through the valley of the shadow of death, you better believe he does. And do I learn how close he is? Yes, I do. But he didn't put the sickness on you to teach you that. But he'll, you, he'll come alongside you through it and say, we're going to get through this. I'm, gonna, I'm the God. I'm Jehovah Rapha. I'm going to heal you. How about this one? Well, you just don't have enough faith. Sorry. You had a little more faith, you might get healed. And the reason you're not getting that healing, oh, yeah, you came for prayer, but you didn't have enough faith. Uh, you're, you're missing the mark. You should go back and figure out that faith thing. That response is not only cruel, it's not in the Bible. And I get mad. So if I hear you, if I ever heard somebody say that, I will take you, I will. I will lovingly, forcefully take you aside and say, do not share that in this place. Because I will, I will get angry. Because that is an abuse. It's an abuse. It's abusive. It's spiritually abusive to sell, tell somebody that they don't have enough faith to get healed. Let me prove it. My story of the epileptic bringing his father, and I've ruined my moment because I was building up for this. 
So let's just get right to it. Caregiver brings his son. If you can do anything, sure would appreciate it, Jesus. Like, if I could do something. <laughs> I'm like, I'm at, I have access with the Father. I can do anything. Really? And I want you to think about his faith level at that moment. On a scale of one to 10, it is a negative one. We'll give him negative one because he showed up to where Jesus was. Just to, but he's basically saying, I got nothing to lose. Like, it's that bad. I've got nothing to lose. And Jesus said to him, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. And so I want to acknowledge faith is, impo is important. I'm not dismissing it. But he didn't tell the man, oh, listen, we got a course. The disciples teach it on Tuesday night. It's about how to it's how to build your faith. And you just go and memorize a bunch of scriptures. You sit down, you put stuff on your mirror so you can say it all the time. And you just, you're gonna, you know, you're just gonna get some muscle memory here. And come back to me then. We'll see if the boy gets healed. Don't. At negative one, whatever he says, he switches or he goes, it's not if I can do it, it's it, can you believe? And the man blurts out, I can believe! Something gets ignited in his heart because Jesus met him where he was at. If you have negative 1,000 faith today, Jesus will meet you at negative 1,000 faith. He'll grab you by the hand. He'll say something to you, do something with you in your life that'll march you right over the line. And let's go mustard seed. Let's go 0.5. And that man says, yes, I believe, because Jesus met him where he was. And he said, help my unbelief. Jesus goes, of course I will. You know how I'll do it? I'm healing the boy. And then his faith grew. His faith grew because he walked hand in hand in relationship with Jesus. He received a gift for his son. He saw it and his faith grew. His faith didn't grow beforehand. And I will not tolerate somebody who says, if you don't have enough faith, come on, how much is enough? And we're left wondering if it's ever enough. That's not the God who I serve. I do not serve a God who keeps me under his thumb and says, I'll let you know when it's enough. How will I know it's enough? I won't tell you. You just earn your way. He's a God of grace and of mercy and of compassion. He'll meet you where you're at. And you'll grow in your faith because you met him and walked into healing with him. Sickness all around us. It's not God's will. You don't have enough faith. We're redigging the wells of healing. How do we do it? I'm sorry this is going to be simplistic. I'm sorry that this isn't going to wow you, but here it is. Pray for the sick. Now, some of you who are up the charts on healing are going to say, Pastor Roy, the Bible never says pray for the sick. Jesus told us to heal the sick. I know, but we're not there yet. So let's start with prayer for the sick. And we'll get to confidence where we just heal the sick and deliver the checks. But this is a progression. And so today, if you're here and you need a touch in your body, your physical body, whatever it might be, stand to your feet right where you're at. We are going to pray. Christina, you're going to help me out this morning. And uh, we're just going to pray. And then we're going to shift gears. And then we're, we're going to go home with some healed bodies. Oh, my goodness. See, 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 see. <laughs> Is there anybody standing dealing with a skin condition, psoriasis or eczema? Let me just see your hands. 
Okay, so I just, Lord had dropped in a word of knowledge that I think specifically he wants. So let me just pray for psoriasis, eczema, and that all skin conditions, but specifically God reveals so he can heal. It's to stir faith in our hearts. And so Father, right now in the name of Jesus, if leprosy wasn't too hard for you, that's a skin disease that literally flesh became exposed and fingers dropped off and it was awful. Then today, what is easier to say? Psoriasis be healed, leprosy be healed. Eczema be healed. Father, in the name of Jesus, upon the power of the kingdom, you said, tell them and do it. And Lord, so we're doing it right now. What I'd like is if you have a skin condition, I'd like you to monitor it in the days to come. And I want you to tell somebody in a green shirt or email the office and tell us how that's beginning. Or if it's gone right this minute, we like instantaneous miracles too. Um, why don't we do, um, I'd like you to pray just a general prayer of healing. And then I'm gonna follow that up and then we're gonna worship and go home. All right, so put your hand if you're able, put your hand on whatever's ailing you right now. Uh, just as a point of identification. Um, if you're not, I think everybody's like standing. Um, if you, uh, yeah, let's just do that. Go ahead and pray a gentle prayer. Father, we're just standing this morning with everyone that's standing, God, that they're believing, God, raising faith this morning, Father. Just I just pray that those that are standing and believing, regardless of what their situation, Father, they can raise their faith. Father, I'm just praying for this whole the, the entire auditorium this morning, God, that faith will raise, that we will see Jehovah miracles, Rapha. God, that we will see healings, Jehovah that we will Rapha. see cancer disappear, that we yes. will see mental illness disappear, yes. God, even for Aaron. Father, this morning that wants to be healed, he's standing Jesus, on his healing, yes, God. Yes, we stand yes, with we him, God, and we cry out right for a miracle, yes. God. A profound yes, Lord, miracle you, where we every cell in his brain comes into order, God. For those that are believing for, for, for um, healing of cancer, for healing of psoriasis for healing of regardless God that you can just yes, see it Father yes, we don't know yes, yes. every single thing that it is an yes. element this morning but God you do Father and I'm praying whatever the needs are here this morning for whatever is being believed God that you can just intervene right now God in a healing is there anyone standing um, that you're standing because you had physical pain in your body you felt he bore our pain and our sorrows anybody that had pain let me see your hands okay of and uh, if you're if you stood up for pain and the pain is less than it was if that's five percent ten percent i just want you to wave your hands it's less than it was let me just see your hands right now okay there 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 awesome okay 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 anybody let it's ha it's gone by half like you would say wow that's a lot better that's like 50 percent better is anybody it's that much on the scale okay 30 you, you are okay come on let's just so the reason I'm doing this, a number of years ago, a young girl named Natalie came into a meeting that I was helping. We were planning a church in Vanier, Quebec, a French-speaking church. I was doing everything through an interpreter. Natalie came in, uh, a 14-year-old, uh, beautiful girl that had leg braces on, and she was had um, uh, crutches that were um, the big handles, and that was the only way she had mobility, and then it was helped. At the end of the service, there was faith in the room, and I wanted to pray for her healing. And so I prayed for her healing, and I said, do you feel better? She's like, yes, yes. And I said, can you see if you can walk? Now, I didn't know how much mobility she had. In a very clumsy way, she walked from me to the front row and back again. Her mother is going crazy. And I'm like, I, I, what, what, it doesn't look like walking to me. What, what's going on? Mother said, she's never 
walked without the crutches, without all of the leg braces. We had taken them off. I go, okay, so we're partway there. I'm not sending her home yet. And we prayed again. And now uh, she said, one of the reasons that she's got a, um, um, she's got a twisted leg. It's like, it's like it's twisted that way. It's, it's malformed. And so I just, I, I just felt like, okay. And I very gently turned the leg until it was straight. Mom screaming, you can't do that. I'm sorry, what? Natalie's looking at me, shaking her head, yes. Mom's going, when the physiotherapist does that, she screams in pain. She has a rod in her leg that keeps the leg there. There is a mechanical device in her bone that keeps, she cannot straighten that. Okay, I think she just did. And she got up and walked again, but this time much faster with much more. We prayed four or five times. She went home carrying all her apparatus, all her hardware. She was completely healed. And I haven't checked on her in the last, but I checked, it was about 10 years after the fact, and she was celebrating her complete healing. That's why we check. Better than 50 right now? Yeah, of course. Of course, what happens is we're just like, yes, and we're receiving the healing. Anybody uh, on the scale of pain, it's, it's better than it was when you first stood up. I just want to see your hand. You, it's, you don't make it up. I'm not asking for that. I just, you very, yeah, okay, okay, okay. So, Father, we thank you right now that in these cases, healing is progressive. We love the instantaneous healings, but Lord, those are called miracles. But sometimes you work with our body, and it's a progressive. Lord, today, like you said to the one, um, you, as the Bible says, as they went, they were healed. They, they were sick, and Jesus said, go, go to the priests and have them, have them check you out. And as they went, they were healed. Today, in Jesus' name, as we pray for the sick and, and clear out the well, as you go, receive your healing, receive your wholeness, receive your miracle. He paid for it. It's yours. It's a good gift. Receive it now in Jesus' name. And everybody said, come on, amen. Let's worship the Lord. Such an awesome God, so mighty. Oh, 
Jesus, the Son of God, hung on a cross to just bless your people today as we go into our week as we pray for the sick lord just go before us thank you for our time together in jesus name everybody said amen thank you for being here we love you see you next sunday